Hello, dear ones, and welcome to Subtle Medicine Radio, brought to you by InnerSpark. This is the resource for the sensitive soul looking to reclaim their power and reconnect to their magic through remembering how to trust their bodies, align with nature and cosmic flow, leverage their subtle energies, and transmute trauma and pain into gifts and purpose. Get ready to dive into all things holistic healing, natural living, conscious relating, epic life changing, and spirituality, all steeped in earth-based wisdom. I'm your host, Devin, and with me as always is my podcast producer, Mike. Hey! On today's show, episode 29, I'm getting into sensorial nourishment, nourishment and nutrition, and the ways to actually feed ourselves beyond food in the way we generally think of it. So drop what you think you know and be prepared to leave this episode feeling empowered and clearer about your own nourishment needs. So let's dive in. Let's go. Before we begin, for those that don't know, I have an incredibly diverse background, and one of the things in my bag of tricks is a master's degree in holistic nutrition and integrative health. I don't like dealing with food, because as you've gathered about me so far, I get to the heart and root of people's challenges. And food is one piece of the puzzle, a very important piece, but just one piece, a very superficial piece. If someone is struggling to feed themselves properly in a way that is proper for them and their bodies, there's a deeper underlying reason that will actually reveal everything and will probably help them to also overcome challenges in other areas of their lives too. It continually fascinates me how humans are literally addicted to food. We source identities through diet protocols. We place morality on whether or not our food choices are good or bad. We plan, we fixate, obsess, we overeat, we undereat, We subside on food-like stuff that is made in a lab, and many people can't identify vegetables beyond cheeseburger toppings. We spend so much time and money on fads, trends, and supplements, yet we can't seem to agree upon the ideal human diet. But why? What is the main intention behind this fear-driven behavior? I think it's because we have lost our connection with our innate ability to feed ourselves on all levels, and we have forgotten the true meaning of the word nutrition. And just as we bypass feeling into our subtle layers, we bypass understanding deeper ways of feeding ourselves, and so it's easy to just stop at the surface level and fixate on the food. So just to make sure that I'm tracking here, when you say nutrition, uh, you're not just talking about food supplements, right? That's what I'm getting. Yes, that's absolutely correct. I am done with that conversation. That conversation gets us nowhere, really, and is only part of the whole picture, which brings me to my next point. What is nutrition, really? What What is nutrition, really? Nutrition must be thought of as a holistic concept that includes all we take in through the senses, which is so much more than the food we put into our mouths. And when I say holistic concept, The true definition of holistic is whole. So all of these various parts are are inextricably connected to each other. So like food, these inputs can be of a high quality, supportive nature, or they can be toxic and poisonous to the system. So nutrition is all that we take in through the senses in this physical body, and also energetically, and we'll get into that as well. So it's more than just the food stuff that you are putting into your face. So how can you tell the difference between something that is, like you said, supportive uh, or toxic? Like sometimes 
I have a hard time telling if something is actually good for me or if it just occupies my senses so that I don't have to feel bad things like stress or worry. Um, and the absence of that bad feeling is perceived as good, uh, if that makes sense. I mean, that, and it could be anything from uh, drugs or alcohol to a warm piece of toast with peanut butter on it. Like, it could be a behavior like watching TV. Um, you know, we all have our, like, avoidance techniques, and sometimes it's hard to tell if something is really good and supportive and I actually want it, or if it's something that is, uh, you know, like, toxic, as you say. Yeah, that's a great question. And honestly, that's a question that each of us must honestly and bravely answer for ourselves. I don't have the answer for that, or you, or for a listener. I know that answer for myself. And we must live in a state of curiosity and self-inquiry as we observe our tendencies and learn more about ourselves. And we've talked a great deal about that, especially in the, the shadow work episode. We can then really come to be able to discern what is supportive to us and what is toxic to us when we're approaching this in a very open, honest, and compassionate way. We will know, okay, that thing I do where I numb out on the couch for hours or after a hard day, I immediately go for the toast and peanut butter, as, as you said, Mike, that's not really going to bring long-term long term nourishment. It might bring that temporary fix. And over time, it's actually going to bring quite toxic consequences. You know, in my example of, of those hours on the couch, what, what is that, that phrase, sitting is the new smoking, being incredibly sedentary like that is, is not serving you on all levels, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, energetically. Constantly turning to food and overeating when the body is not actually wanting food, you're going to start seeing the ill effects of that as well, probably beginning in the digestive system and then leaking out to everything else because most disease in the physical body begins in the digestive system. So these these are questions. That's, that's a great question, babe, and we're going to continue to explore that throughout this episode, but that is something that we all must be asking for ourselves every day and allowing ourselves to meet the real need, the real need. And that's that's really my intention with today's episode. So as the subtle creates the gross, and you've heard me talk about this so much, I'm going to get this tattooed on my forehead. <laughs> the subtle creates the gross. These intangible, unseen parts are constantly creating the, the, the tangible, physical experiences that you are living. These inputs are creating your body, your life, your physical experience on earth. So it's more than just the food that you're putting into your system, which is creating your experience, right? Food, we could say, is a, a tangible kind of gross product, right? And we're putting it into our system. Our system then breaks it down into its subtle, subtle constituents and subtle components, which then influences us on all levels and creates our experience. So just think about that for a second and think about what kind of information you're putting in your system with the food choices that you're making. So that's that's the food conversation. And now getting off of the food stuff and thinking about the other senses that you possess, what inputs are going into these senses and how is that impacting and influencing your life? What people are you around? What media are you consuming? What do you see on a daily basis? What do you feel and touch? What smells? All of these things are creating your experience. And something to really keep in mind is that all that we take in, 
all that we take in must be digested. The words coming out of my mouth right now going into your ears, you are digesting. Everything that we take in must be digested. Digestion is so much more than the food's journey from mouth to anus. So much more. All that you receive through your senses must be digested. And think of all you receive through your senses on a daily basis. Like just stop and think about that for a moment. Even right now in this moment, you're hearing my, my, my voice. You are feeling the clothes on your skin, or maybe you're naked right now and you're feeling the, the bed sheets or the, 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 you know, <laughs> naked in bed listening to Subtle Medicine. Hey right, man, you, you know, do you, you know? Listen to your podcasts in the morning. Right. So whatever is touching your skin, whatever smells are in your environment. And I mean, it doesn't have to be a very potent smell. There, there's something in there that you can kind of get a, get a whiff of and discern. There's so much happening. Maybe you're hearing, if you're out in public, you know, listening through headphones, you might be hearing the sound of traffic or of people just right now in this moment. And this is one little snapshot of your whole day. All of the things that you're taking in, it's mind blowing. And so much of that is involuntary, right? Like we can't control air traffic. We can't control our neighbors. We, you know, just some of these things that are just here. So, so yes, some of that is just kind of involuntary. And how are you moderating and discerning the rest of it, that which you do kind of control? Do you really taste? Do you allow yourself to receive the sights of natural beauty through your eyes? Do you listen to the gentle rise and fall of your own breath? Do you savor the taste of your own breath? Breath has a little taste. So getting very aware and very sensitive and as sensitive creatures... And you're, you are one because you're here. Hi, you're in my space. We have found each other. Sensitive souls flock together. As a sensitive creature, your senses are extra sensory. They're super sensitive. So you have this, this gift that's available to you to really f have a rich human experience through your body vessel. And, you know, you also require a little more TLC, which isn't a bad thing. That's where we get to drop that resentment and that shame bullshit around our sensitivity. So mind your senses, give them the space to feel and to integrate and to process and assimilate. And guess what? If you struggle with digestion on a physical body level, you know, the mouth to anus journey, then all the protocols and herbs won't help as much as minding your sensory nourishment. Trust me, especially as a sensitive person. Most of my clients and myself included you know, you're going to really get to know Devin right now, struggle with constipation. There is a little smaller pocket of the sensitive that kind of yields the other way, more towards diarrhea. But mo the majority of the sensitive women I know and have known and have worked with or have been friends with struggle with constipation. And it makes so much sense. You have these extrasensory senses. I love being redundant. Extrasensory extra senses that are taking in a lot. And so this, it's a little bit more of a delicate, sensitive system. And so all of the, the protocols and the herbs and the this and the that and drink more water and try less water and more fiber and less fiber and exercise and blah, 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 blah. It's not going to bring you that, that uh, relief and movement as much as minding the rest of your senses. And so the best way to, to kind of detox the sensorial body, slow down and feel and rest and give that space for digestion and assimilation like I just talked about. And one thing, because, you know, I can't not touch a little bit on the food stuff that we're putting into our system. I want to make it clear that I am never here to preach a particular way of eating. 
Never. You will never hear me do that. I believe that, you know, depending on who's funded a research article or who's presenting the argument, all sides can be argued. Every person is different on all levels. And that research can be skewed, like I said, depending on who's holding the purse. And I also believe that you know what is best for you and may have simply forgotten how to hear your body over the loud dogma. The one thing I can absolutely say for certain is that all humans can benefit from eating foods their body actually recognizes and can use, such as anything that grows out of the sacred soils. And it's like I was saying earlier, you know, we take in the food. The food is information. It's a code. Our system breaks that down into its subtle constituents, its subtle building blocks. And then we take that and use it as we need. So if you're taking in a bunch of stuff that is not for you, you know, and I say that in the sense of if it was made in a lab, if it needs a commercial, if it has ingredients that you cannot pronounce, I'm gonna go ahead and say that it probably has no place being in your body. So consuming food that is designed for your body because it's made of the same elements as you serves as a way to connect with everything, spirit, the seasons, the earth. There's a finite amount of elements on the planet that exist in a natural way. They're just here. It's, it's the substrate of earth. It's the substrate of your body. The earth's intelligence cannot even begin to be questioned, and your body holds the same cellular intelligence and materials found on earth. So the best way to support your body is to eat more of the earth. And again, especially as a sensitive person, it's just kind of, I, I, I want to say non-negotiable, but I mean, we, you are a free, sovereign creature. You can do as you please. And if you're struggling with certain things on any level, looking at kind of the, the lowest hanging fruit, if you will, and cleaning up some of these things that are, are going into your mouth. And then that may kind of clear the channels and give you a little bit more clarity around ways of supporting and nourishing your other senses as well. So if you're like, I don't know where to get started on this thing, start with the, the food, you know, maybe that's a little simpler, a little more accessible, a little less esoteric than thinking about sensorial nourishment. And I'm going to continue to define and get into that as we go. So hold your little horses. And ways that we can continue to create food freedom so that we are really coming to a place of whole nourishment, whole being nourishment, and wholly nourishing ourselves so that we're not fixating on this, this surface physical stuff and we can look deeper and understand the deeper challenges and needs that we may have that might tell us we need that toast with peanut butter, but really it's like a hug or a cry. Um, and then understanding how else can I really mind my senses is, is creating a little bit of food freedom. And so some simple ways to do that would be to really practice mindful eating. It will help you to establish a baseline for the sensorial experience of the food that you're receiving. And as you slow down, you can really feel what's happening. And you can feel the, the impacts of what you're digesting and what you are ingesting and how it is being digested. And if there's some um, challenges with it, and perhaps that, that food thing is not serving you. And that can lead you to a more intuitive and harmonious way of nourishing yourself. And seasonal living. I've talked so much about this, and this is such a way to create ease and and really, it's like a free teacher and guide that provides endless cues on exactly how and what 
you you need in any given season and time to nourish and support your physical body. It's a way to enrich that baseline experience through aligning with your intuitive nature. So what supports you in summer may not provide the same benefits in winter. It sounds obvious, yet when you think about how many people are eating the same things day in and day out, you'll realize how much we alienate ourselves from the cycles and rhythms of nature. And these external cycles and rhythms are no different than our internal ones. So you're saying that Taco Tuesday, 52 Tuesdays a year, is uh, that's not going to work? I mean, you can make any type of seasonal tacos. <laughs> You've seen me make tacos out of collard green leaves stuffed yeah, with some, yeah. Fair enough. some sprouts and some avocados and carrot sticks. Right. There's a taco. Beautiful right. spring or summer taco. Yeah, I ask because I was basically raised with like food from a can and being in the military it was the same food over and over again so uh seasonal eating has certainly been something that is new to me and uh i had an interesting experience with it in that like for example uh, summer is coming up and we know we're going to eat a lot of melons a lot of melons so many melons (laughs) which is great we love melons. We look forward to melons in the summer. We're trying to grow our own and we're growing like that's one of the big things we're focusing on is making sure our melon patches on point. Oh, and we have all the melons. Sorry. Oh, so I just, many, I just, yeah. Now we're talking about melons. Yeah. Honeydew. We've cantaloupe, got the honeydew watermelon. and the kel- like two different types of watermelon. watermelon. Yeah. And a couple different types of honeydew. There's so many melons. Yeah. So anyway, uh, as you know, everybody listening can tell now. We love our melons in the summer, right? And uh, so we know that as summer's coming up, we're going to eat a lot of melons. And by the time summer is done, we're kind of over it and ready for the warm soups and such that we enjoy in autumn. So uh, basically what I've gained from it is like really enjoying the present in a new kind of way, because if I just had, uh, you know, a little plastic pack of cubed cantaloupe from the grocery store every Wednesday, then the melons wouldn't feel so special to me because I, ha- I can, I can ha- potentially have them all year round. But when I have them seasonally, it makes it like a present thing and I have them and I fully enjoy them. And then I'm not having like these crazy cravings for them later because I've satisfied that in its season. And then when the new season comes, being fall, uh, I can go into like soups and warm things like that and enjoy them in their season. Yeah, totally. And it's really, it's enjoying the spiral dance and enjoying the energies of, of one season and all it offers. And then dancing into the next as the wheel turns. And you know, we, we live in such an amazing time where we're so connected and so many capabilities and we can get things like melons all year long. And when you're really kind of tuned into this, you don't even think about, like we were joking, um, I don't remember, sometime in the fall or winter and I was at the store and I saw them, I just saw they had melons and I, I didn't, I didn't even, it just sounded gross to me. But a few months prior to that, you know, we were going ape shit over some melons. Right. So when you're really tuned in and not going through these these automatic, just kind of habitual ways, and I know a lot of people who, who they just do that. They have like the same food diary damn near 365 days a year. And when you're more tuned in, you don't really 
think about those things. It's just, it becomes more intuitive because your body is more connected to the earth's cycles. And each of the foods that are in season are there for a very specific reason. And as the times change, like I said, you are tuned in to like, okay, what's, what are the energies now? And how does my physical body need to be supported in order to really dance with these times? And I I talked about this in our, our seasonal living episode. So if this is interesting to you, go check out that one. Um, a, a good way to kind of know, well, what, what would be in season for me right now? Because when I go to the grocery store, I can't tell. Stuff looks the same all year long. You can go to, I believe it's whatsinseason.org and put in your, you know, your zip code or wherever you are living. And it would, it tells you what's in season for where you are. So um, that can kind of give you a clue, <laughs> you know, in the, in the case of melons, if, if the, the soils, the places that you are living on physically, presently, can't grow melons at that time, then your body doesn't need them. And I know for a lot of people, it's like this radical way of thinking, like, what? But I promise you, the more that you tune in, the less thinking you have to do. You just trust the body and trust her impulses. So as we kind of wind it down here, I really wanted to share some ways to specifically nourish the senses. And before I do that, real quickly, just wanted to touch on, I'm going to do a whole show about food addiction coming up soon. Um, but I just wanted to touch on that because it can, it can make this whole sensorial nourishment thing feel very challenging and weird and out of reach. So food addiction ties so much into shadow work and core wound alchemy and really the entire, uh, foundation of my work. So struggling with unhealthy behaviors in an attempt to self-soothe such as binge eating or emotional eating, really signifies unprocessed experiences in our subtle and energetic levels. So trauma and emotions and events, even seemingly small ones, because we have this need to like quantify things and compare belly aches, all of them compound over time. So they'll pile on top of each other. And these experiences form our core wounds. And as the subtle creates the gross, these subtle core wounds have the power to shape our physical experience and manifest dis-ease in our daily lives. So the stories we tell ourselves are not written in stone, and we do have the power to transmute them and transmute our core wounds into purpose and freedom and wisdom. And this transmutation process is how I work within myself and with my clients every single day, and it truly is magical. So I just wanted to name that, and if that's something that you struggle with, like, you're not alone and and it's also not uh, like, you know, faded that this is just the way it is. So <clears throat> lastly, getting into sensorial nourishment and ways to specifically nourish and support our senses. Ready? Go. All right. So we forget that we have sound, touch, smell, sight, taste. And as sensitive people, our senses are more sensitive. And food can feel very grounding and can yield an immediate sense of gratification or pacification. Yet, as I mentioned, over time, we'll run into the ill consequences that come from eating for grounding versus eating to repair and sustain the body. And that that impulse to just turn to the food for that quick fix, that quick hit, we're neglecting something deeper that would actually holds the ability if we were to identify that real need that real need has the power to nourish and satisfy us way beyond what that quick hit of food that we actually don't need physically ever could so sight okay sight 
I invite you to presence beauty in your life. So where do you spend most of your time? Is it visually appealing? Is it cluttered and chaotic? Is it stark and bare? How can you feed your eyes? How can you care for them more fully? You know, a lot of us spend so much time in front of screens and it's really not the best for our eyes. Our eyes really love natural light. So feeding them with natural light, you can practice sun gazing. Beautiful practice. The first 90 minutes of sunlight in the morning is safe for you to look directly at. Naked eyes, no sunglasses. And really feast that feast on that that beautiful solar energy. It resets your circadian rhythm and your pineal gland and strengthens the eyes. Misting some rose water after a day of screen time is also very, very helpful and can soothe irritation and some of that, that heat, that fieriness after looking at screens. Sound. Sound, sound. What sounds are in your environment? Is it typically loud and chaotic? Is there space for silence? Is there a lot of traffic sound? Do you listen to music or other media that that doesn't please you auditorily? How can you bring more beauty in through the ears? What music or sounds uplift you? I listen to a lot of mantras and music in other languages because it's quite soothing to me without giving my brain something more to digest and sort, as I don't actually know what the words mean. So it allows me to digest the vibration and the intentions of these sacred sound currents versus having these just more things for me to digest. And as I'm naming these senses, and we've talked a lot about this in previous episodes, especially the the one specifically about being a highly sensitive person, our senses are much more heightened. We've established this. And each of us as sensitive people will typically have one, sometimes two, but usually like there's that one sense that's just extra sensitive. And so that one for you needs a little extra TLC. So as I'm naming these and you come across yours, really pay attention and, and kind of maybe play with that sense in the coming days and weeks and create a practice that will really nourish that sense. So touch. What fabrics do you love? Do you take the time to really feel your animal's fur or your beloved skin? Giving yourself an oil massage every day can be incredibly soothing as well as serve as creating a barrier or a sealant for your body and, the, and your nervous system as you go throughout the day. Smell. What smells are in your environment? What smells do you love? How can you work with your olfactory system in a way that enhances your experience? Our sense of smell is so beautiful and mysterious, and we spend so much money on chemicals to mask odors. But why? I'm a huge proponent of natural and real personal and home care products. And we make all of our own stuff, and it's simple and amazing and without toxins. Sensitive people and chemicals don't go together, friends. Like, they just, they they don't go together. It's amazing what just some various combinations of essential oils and like vinegar and and some of these things can do, truly. Essential oils, a simple drop or two is the best perfume or cologne. Deodorant, dun-dun-dun, isn't actually necessary. That's right. Strong odors come from poor diet choices and a buildup of muck in the system and, and chemical buildup and stress, plus the chemicals that are in deodorants themselves also create more odor in this beautiful, vicious cycle. So stop using it. (laughs) You'll have a little detox period where you will most likely smell awful. I mean, I'm just being real with you. And be patient. It shouldn't last that long. And then you're good. 
Essential oils can be rolled into the armpits, and voila. You know what I've really gained an appreciation for lately is coconut oil and how it seems to be like in so many of our homemade products and everything that we use now. It's it's pretty awesome. Hell yeah, absolutely. Taste. Be sure to have a variety of foods in your diet so that there is a variety of tastes. The main six tastes are sweet, salty, bitter, pungent, astringent, and umami. We need a little of each of these to keep us feeling energetically balanced. What taste do you typically favor, and what taste are you missing? As sensitive people, especially when we are stressed, there is a tendency to go more towards sweet or spicy. And there's a million reasons for that, and I can get into that at a different time, but if that's you, I would love to hear about it. And yeah, focus on bringing some of these these different tastes to find more balance on, on all levels, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. So that's it for the, the ways to nourish the physical senses of the body. So I, like I said, I invite you to pick the one that really stood out to you, like which senses you are most sensitive. For me, it's it's sound my ears and work with that and just notice as you do and as you nourish yourself on that level more fully notice if perhaps your relationship with the stuff that goes in your mouth becomes a little bit more intuitive maybe becomes a little bit more relaxed becomes a little bit more um balanced and harmonious i like that you uh put the emphasis on physical senses because there's one that I think is really important and when we're thinking about how do we nourish ourselves throughout the day is how do we nourish our own, our thoughts? Um, your, because your thoughts will shape your personality. Like if somebody offends me and I spend an hour thinking about how that person offended me and what I would say or how I would cuss that person out, first off, that's an hour spent toxifying my own mind and body and spiritual and emotional self, right? So I've just made myself sicker by doing that. And also I've just practiced being an asshole. Like the things that you think are just practice for the things that you are going to say eventually. So if you wouldn't want your thoughts to become words for the world to hear, then, you know, don't think them. And when I say, like, your thoughts are practice for the words that you're going to say eventually, you might think, oh, no, that's not true because there's this one person that I've been wanting to cuss out and I haven't said anything to that person. Sure, you might not have said it to that person, but how has that leaked out in other relationships? So you might not have said what you wanted to say to that particular person, but by having those thoughts around, it's like some toxicity that's going to leak out into other relationships. So, you know, some of us are more emotionally balanced than others, and some of us are more emotionally graceful than others. So if you imagine that you could see that visually, it's something I like to think of is that if you imagine if somebody has a hateful thought, what would it be like if they then had an obvious physical manifestation, like they got pustular sores all over their body? Or imagine if when somebody has a compassionate thought, they become more radiant and glowing. And I know that might sound like some kind of fantasy world or some sci-fi thing, but if you think about it, it's really not. Our, our ill thoughts give us ill bodies, and our joyful thoughts 
give us radiance. And that's a very real truth. Absolutely. That's what my entire work is based upon. That's that's a prime example of the subtle creating the gross. And, you know, we, we're getting towards the end here, so I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. However, when you are full of more fire and more anger, skin eruptions are directly related to that. So if you're someone that struggles with skin eruptions of any kind, acne, cold sores, um, hives, rashes, any of these things, they're related to, to those more fiery emotions, resentment, anger, etc. And living in a state of gratitude and joy certainly it's it's like nature's best uh age defying chemical is to bathe yourself in joy so on that note that is all the time we have for today bathe yourself in joy nourish your physical senses and come continue the conversation with me tell me what sensorial nourishment means to you reach out to me directly or come join my Facebook group, Transmuting to Nourish, Awaken, and Thrive. The link is also on my resources page on my website at innerspark.life resources. Also, please, please, please kindly take the listener survey in the show notes. I really want to learn about you. This is intended to be a conversation, not a monologue, not me just showing up talking it to you. I want to learn about you. I'm really curious. So please take a moment and and just share some things. It's totally anonymous. If you'd like to reveal yourself, awesome. And if not, no problem. Visit innerspark.life slash resources for all the juicy goodness from my heart to yours, from my monthly class series Thrive, for the sensitive, intuitive, empath woman who longs to know her power and claim her gifts, to my self-paced three-day Yoni Exploratory, two various mentorship opportunities there's definitely something to enhance your experience if you loved the show be sure to subscribe to it please leave us a review and of course share the love with a friend catch us next time so much love to you until then